a new edition of the Sheffield Steelers webcast. We're joined by head coach Aaron Fox. Aaron, that was a game that was like outstanding, dull, outstanding. It, 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 it ebbed and flowed, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, we got off to a good start in the first there. Um, still thought we were fortunate to be up 3 nothing. to be fair. Um, Dundee, you, you know, they play a hard game, and I felt in the second we lost our way a little bit. Energy wasn't 100% there. I think Dundee were, outworked us a little bit. Um, our game got a little soft and cute, and, and uh, um, but we found a way in the third there to come back, and nice little pushback, I thought, um, you know. We're a team that we got to make sure we get pucks behind their D and, and get into our ozone because once we get in there, we're really hard to handle. Our D are jumping the play and, and like to play offense, but you know we got to be better. We got to be better for a full sixty. Valorant again uh, led the way and started the uh, started the ball rolling. Yeah, Valley's hot right now. Um, you know, we talked about it six six seven games ago where Valley probably could have had fifteen goals then, and now they're starting to go in for them. You can just see the. The substance that he brings to the to the to the group every night. He plays hard. He plays fast, and he's being rewarded at the moment. It's great. How, how did you see the Dowd goal? Yeah, nice goal. Yeah, really nice goal. Um, good to see him move up the list there, first all time, and um, you know it was an important key goal for us. Yeah, yeah. Dundee's are they are they claims that it was high valid well, or? You know what? The I think the initial thing to realize here is that the call the goal was called a goal on the ice. So it's got to be conclusive evidence for them to overturn that into a no goal. Um, from the way we saw it up there, it, you know, his stick was close to the level of the the goal there, and it could have went either way. I just felt like they thought it was too close to overturn. If the if the call would have been no goal on the ice for the high stick, I believe they probably would have yeah. called it no goal because same thing. There wouldn't have been conclusive evidence that it was below the goal line. When Ebbs made it three 0 it, it felt for a while that it could be a route, but it didn't turn out that way. Yeah, we had our chances to make it a route, and then anytime they they claw back into a hockey game, you feel a little bit of doubt. But I felt in the third we really turned it on again a little bit. We got pucks deep and and started getting to our ozone play. Dubes again was was outstanding and two huge points. Okay, we're going to end the uh, broadcast there. Just like that, Martin. Our podcast is going to be slightly different tonight. We're, uh, we're going to take a bit of a review of where we're at right now. If I asked you to review where we're at right now, where, where, would, where would that be? Well, I think we're trending the right direction. Um, you know, we've won 6-7. The game we lost was a cup game up in Manchester. Um, played on Wednesday, the Glasgow, or the Scot- Scotland trip. The weekend before, mentally, we weren't 100% in it. And I guess if we're going to have a down night, that would be the one to have in this stretch. And um, you know, I think we're starting to fig- figure out what kind of team we are uh, identity-wise and realize that, you know, if we're not playing that way for a full 60, we're, we're very beatable. I think we're a good team right now, but still got to figure out a way to, to do things a little bit tighter and a little bit more consistently for 60 to be a great team. And can you see where the improvements will come that you're confident you can, yeah, this group absolutely. can do that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, we're trending the right way. Now it's just about, you know, doing it a little bit more consistently on a nightly basis and not taking those... 10-minute, 15-minute stretches off in a game where, where you're allowing teams to, to, to claw back into it. But as you've seen, Manchester won in Belfast, Nottingham won in Cardiff. Like the, There's a lot of parity in this league right now, and I think it's it's good for us to, to realize that anyone can beat anyone on, on any given night if you're not playing the game the right way. When I was just doing that interview with you, Jonathan just uh, came in and said that uh, Coventry just gone eight 8-6 up as well against Glasgow. So that's uh, any points you want to add, Jonathan, jump in us. here? Uh, uh, just out of it, it's going to be against Coventry next week. Well, it will be, won't it? Coventry are playing well right now, aren't they? They've, yeah. had, they've had an upturning form. Yeah, it'll be good to watch that game back because I've, I haven't really uh, paid attention to them since that opening weekend because yeah. we haven't had them in, in six weeks now. So it'll be good to watch a little bit of film back on them to see what they're doing differently and, and how they're playing. OK, we'll leave you to Pete Spencer. Thanks, He's patiently waiting for you. And... Uh, it's a strange one, Jonathan, tonight, because at 3-0, I thought it was going to end up 13, but uh, it didn't quite end that way, did it? No, I mean, that's credit to Dundee for the way they... Well, they made the Steelers play poorly with how well they kept the puck in the in the offensive zone in the second. They had more of the zone time. They had more of the, the clear-cut scoring chances. Um, they won the second period. They tied the third period. It was only really that first period that made the difference in the game. And of the three goals... I really don't think one of them should have counted. Alex has uh, just wandered over just to uh, grab Dowdy because uh, we'll bring him over. Robert, congratulations. What a, what a great effort. Uh, 
when you're losing Manchester and you get a big point that is a milestone, I guess it's, it's a bit of it's not you can't really celebrate it. But tonight you, you get a you get a goal and. Yeah, I mean that's Steelers' royalty you've joined there, the fourth highest point scorer in the uh, in the club. That you got to be a proud lad. Yeah, it, it's really nice. Obviously, Sheffield's home now. It's home for my family, and it has been for the past ten years. Even when I was away from the club in Sweden and stuff, Sheffield was still home. That's where I lived in the summers. So to 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 be going the history books of home basically it's nice it's a really nice feeling some pretty big names below you now you know Priestley's a two-time Stanley Cup champion of Cranston uh, you know you've got to chase your old mate Laguina <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, uh, on, the, on his tail now on his tail talk us through the goal um, there was a lot of controversy I, we saw you on the big screen look up at the goal and then you just had a big grin and <laughs> smile like you thought it might get overturned yeah it was uh, I, I don't I, I think it was a good goal obviously for high sticks I just think if you looked 10 seconds before, it was question. It was close for an offside call, and I was like, oh, are they looking at the offside or are they looking at the yeah. swing for the stick? Because I, I thought don't think they can look at offside. I don't think that's a reviewable play. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah. not sure. I think because I, I didn't think it was a high stick. I thought it was crossbar height, but it was one of those ones that's a bit close for call, so you don't really want to jinx it and celebrate too when hard. The, uh, when the referees came across, uh, they actually said to the timekeeper as well, goal review for high stick. So that's right. what they, they, okay. were, they were looking at. So uh, talk us through the game if you can. We're, we're going to do a bit of a review, so we're not speaking to many players tonight. Yeah. So y- your, your thoughts on the sixth one? Uh, I thought we were excellent in the first period. We played some good hockey and obviously getting three goals up, it's, it's comfortable going into the dressing room and you, you feel confident. And they come out in that second and they come out hard and obviously they had us on the back foot for a little bit of that period and obviously once we got back into the change room we got told, which rightly we should have, that it wasn't acceptable. And I thought in the third period we come out and played, we spent a large majority of the time in their zone. We had a lot of zone time with them and obviously creating some good chances and to get that one just to, to take it to four, I think, put it to bed. How much was this record on your mind going into this game? Because I'm sure you knew about it. And it seemed that on that first shift, you wanted to get a lot of shots away. It was a, <laughs> an all-action first shift from your line. Yeah, I thought, obviously, we started we started the game very, very hot. All, all lines, I thought, thought we were flying. But to be honest... Simsy called me. When did you call me? Yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yesterday. You this, didn't this, know, I don't think, did no, you? this no. week's moulded into one. It's been game day, game day. Yeah, when Simsy called me, I had no idea, to be honest. I was anywhere close to anything like that when he called me. So it's a nice phone call, obviously, to receive. And uh, luckily for me, I get to do it in front of my home fans to break that record. Give us one goal out of all those goals that you remember. If you're like... You're setting up little Oscar in the lounge tonight to relive one of those goals. Any any ones that stick in your mind? Uh, Nottingham, when we were behind, and on the power play, and it comes out to me and I score. Yeah, yeah. When in the we, playoff quarterfinal one. Playoff yeah. quarterfinals at home yeah. when we were trailing by three. That was the great celebration, yeah. wasn't yeah, it? The Beckham the celebration. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that's the one. Yeah, that one. That's a big one. I, uh, I the nice memories of that one, and uh, obviously that first. First year when I played Nottingham and I scored that hat trick. That I've still got that puck, that hat trick puck. Uh, I think it was Matrix Frames or somebody got yeah. it framed for me, and it still hangs in my dad's office now at home. Good stuff. Well, congratulations. Thanks, bud. Rob will leave us. Yeah, quick word, Bob. We're going to have a little yeah, uh, Bob Weston. We should have Alex in, who's uh, new to this. Uh, yeah, oh, he's in. He's a trainee journalist, and he's got some very interesting points to make. Haven't you, let's hear yours. Let's hear yours first, Bob. What are the star going to be saying uh, on Monday? Excellent first period. I was really thrilled by the first period. The amount of shots and uh, quality chances that they created. Uh, was, was outstanding and then they just completely went off the boil and I don't know why and I don't think the coach knows why maybe it just happened sometimes but they picked it up a bit uh, I was pleased when that goal went to uh, Meland I didn't have a particularly good view of it but he seemed to shoot through Eberle's legs yeah, I think when I've just been into the dressing room Meland goes like hell he touched well, Eberle's yeah. yeah and Eberle goes ah sorry so I think that well, one will be go back to Eberle okay. I'll go back to Meland I think I was speculating it hits an intimate part of uh, Tanner Eberle's body yeah, uh, which I'm, I'm not sure there's any stats for no, that but uh, no. no I thought it was, it was good uh, and the coach was just making a point in there to, uh, in the press room about Tanner Eberle being a, um, a dream to coach uh, and that's probably because he gives his absolute all. If he doesn't work for him, then he'll just he'll just work harder. So I thought he was uh, he, he started the night, didn't he, on yeah. the first line, and uh, 
that, the, the coach rewards people who work hard. Um, I felt a bit sorry for Brendan Connolly because he only has to look at a referee and he gets two minutes, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, um, but there you are, that's uh-huh. all. And your, your young pup tonight, your yes, thoughts, young Alex? Well, I thought it was really hard deserved win, and I think that once uh, Dowd's goal went in, the controversy with that, the uh, opinions of the Dundee bench in particular was made very clear, and I think that after that, they fought really, really hard and it made a dogged performance defensively and therefore all the points that we probably have yeah. over there. Yeah. Yeah, therefore. Just quickly, Bob, Alex and uh, our Alex and, and Jonathan and I are now going to do a bit of a review on this podcast of the season so far. If I asked you to sum up the year so far, what, what, would, what would your thoughts be? Um, when, you, when you start off with all that amount of new players then you can't you can't have anything else other than highs and lows ups and downs uh, and I made a big point of saying after 10 games it was five and five and it would be vital to what happens afterwards then they went on a run of uh, five straight wins there was a hiccup in Manchester and now they've won again so I, I, I think especially as you know can Glasgow continue to be so brilliant we had this conversation of the week I, I think it's building here it's still building and there's plenty more room for improvement and when that happens then Glasgow and everybody else is going to have to look out okay just to interject everyone listening to this will know but we can confirm now that it's finished Glasgow have lost the Steelers are top of the league Top of the league, Martin. Top of the league, coach. Uh, Glasgow have uh, last. There he goes. Thumbs Just up. walks back. Thumbs up. Right. You look clear off home. Alex and Jonathan and I are going for a little sit down in here. Pull up chairs, boys. Pull up chairs. We've walked into the media room. At the moment, uh, things are quietening down in Steelerland. But that's a confirmation then that Coventry have beaten the uh, the Glasgow clan on uh, Sunday night. Wins, of course, for the Nottingham Panthers tonight. Sorry, for the uh, Cardiff Devils, not over the Nottingham Panthers. Nottingham won in Cardiff uh, on Saturday. Cardiff win in uh, Lower Parliament Street 24 hours later. I think we'd have all taken that as a, uh, as a result, wouldn't we, uh, at the start yeah, of the I mean, weekend? You'll, you'll see it on the, uh, the webcast highlight intro. After a bad Friday, what a great Saturday yeah. to have both... Uh, the two teams that we think will be the Steelers' long-term title rivals, whether Glasgow can hang around up there, we'll, we'll find out. But any time that um, Belfast and Cardiff both lose points at home on the same day, you feel it sort of cancels out some of the home points the Steelers lost in September. Yeah, four points for the Steelers, three points for the Belfast Giants, two points for the Cardiff Devils. You'll take that most weeks. Oh, yeah, you take it any, any week of the season, and especially this early on. And I know... You look at Belfast and Cardiff's schedule and they've had to wedge the CHL games in there. So they've, they've done a lot of travelling, they've played a lot of intense games, but still we know it's best to pick up your points early doors and to be, to be chasing the pack towards the end of the season. So whenever we can get maximum points and see those around us drop the points, it's, it's happy days. OK, so uh, on, I think it was Thursday, Jonathan and I received an email from young Alex there saying, right, our podcast is going to change. We're not going to do 30 minutes of team talk. We're going to review the year. So, Alex, talk us through what we're going to be talking about for the next 15, 20 minutes. Well, we've got a little bit of a, um, of a list here of just talking points, really. Just something that can spark a bit of debate, a bit okay. of discussion, something... Debate. Far away then. Take it on. Take it on. What would you like to discuss first? What, what? Well, this is less of much of the debate, but more of a, a quick reflection of like, just looking at the Scotland weekend, seeing because that wasn't necessarily a Steelers side that we saw earlier on in the season. It was such a convincing weekend, which I'm sure surprised the fans and the players as much as it it surprised anybody we've all been to Scotland and been tickled haven't we when we go to Cardiff if you've never been there it's an intimidating place it's a weird place Manchester-esque if you like and you can you can very quickly go down very quickly and to win there I think on a Saturday night I thought was very much a it showed something that perhaps like you've just said we hadn't seen before and we've got to show it again next Sunday as for the team looking like a different team it is a different team because this team doesn't have Johnson it doesn't have leaving it doesn't have Saint Pierre it does have some new names in it and also it has all 14 imports icing at the moment which a few weeks ago we couldn't say that the Steelers had a couple of short bench games the full strength Steelers side doesn't lose very often 
And you talk about Saturday night in Fife, but Dundee isn't the easiest place in the world to go to as well. And again, remember last year, our lowest point of last year was, I think, a 13-3 weekend, was it, or something, against the Dundee Stars? Um, we've been turned over there before. You were at both games, and I know when you were driving back, you were mightily impressed of, of just how well we played for 120 minutes. Yeah, and I think that was the key last weekend. It was 120 minutes of hockey. It wasn't a... We had two good periods, one period off, and that cost us. It was... From the minute we arrived in Kakadi, it was everybody was was chipping in, doing the part, and especially Mika Kuka, who had only just arrived the day before and was told, "You're getting on the bus. We're going up to Scotland." And but I thought he slotted in into into the side in Scotland with such classes. He offered maybe something that we we had been missing for the first part of the season. And he is defence first, isn't he, that boy? Yeah. Which is probably something we needed. Yeah, I mean, you've got David Phillips who plays that role, although he's trying not to because he keeps popping up in front of goal the last few weeks. He's, uh, he thinks he's Ben O'Connor. and uh, He wants an Eddie, doesn't he? That's what it is. Well, I think we should give him one. He's blocking that many shots. He's playing so well. Um, defensively, Duba's getting a lot of credit, but the shot counts most weekends when we've got a Steelers' own game. Teams aren't reining them in on us. You know, they've, I think Dundee have fired in 20 tonight. Last week, 16. Week before that... Uh, 30 from Nottingham that was in overtime Cardiff only managed 22 um, Glasgow didn't get into the 30s you know the Steelers are keeping the shots down and that's credit to the defence and the forwards who are getting in the way of a lot of stuff before he gets as far as Duber or Canto Are we getting carried away that we haven't played Belfast and we've only played Cardiff once and, and been beaten by them so we posed the question last week the Glasgow clan are you buying or are you selling their stock because they were top of the league but if you were elsewhere in the league right now, would you be buying or selling Sheffield Steelers stock, knowing that they've only played one game against, if you like, the two top teams? We should be beating these other teams. So where do you stand on that? I think, well, it's, it's a very difficult one because we've seen the complete two sides of the Steelers already. We've seen the side that can go up to Scotland and win so convincingly, but then we've also seen the side that can go three goals down in the first period and then it's we are chasing the game and we saw it a lot of penalty trouble as well early on and I think players have I don't know whether it's something Aaron's mentioned but reining themselves in when things start to get away from us um, but I think if you look at the game like Friday in Manchester there was a different feel to the game it was it was kind of in a way that it's the cup mentality or oh, that's what it seemed from from being stood at the side, obviously you don't go into any game to deliberately lose the game, but you maybe look at them games on Friday to rotate your lines, swap things up just to see, you know, what you can probably get out of other players. But for me personally, I think you can do nothing but buy into the Steelers at the minute because we're showing that we can grind out games, we can win games, tough games as well in tough buildings. And yeah, we've only played Cardiff once, but. It wasn't a convincing loss. It's maybe what it was we one were of our used. better performances, actually. Oh, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And at that point, we weren't at full strength either. So, okay. If your name was Jonathan McFernley and you were reporting from Glasgow, would you be buying or selling Steelers stock? Um, I think I would be buying it because the goals are coming. And when I look at Belfast, yeah, we think Belfast are going to be contenders, but they're struggling to find the net. Um, you know they scored. You wonder how with that team, don't you? Yeah, but they yeah. scored three. I was looking through the home games so far this season. They've scored three, 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 and two. In the two league road games, they've scored one and one. Whereas you feel that any given night the Steelers can score enough to win. I think that Dundee team is putting an awful lot of pressure on Owen and tonight Murphy. You feel that offense is going to break out. Um, but I feel that every week the Steelers can score enough goals to give anybody a game. Whereas last season, I don't think we could. The gaffer gaffer's here. Dom, are you buying or selling Steelers stock? Always buying. Always buying. Always, Always buying. buying. Do you like what you say? Loving it. it <clears throat> yeah, it was a good game tonight. And uh, I was talking to a few of the fans um, outside and they were saying to me, um, if you were a neutral, this was a great game to come to. Obviously, seeing the Steelers win. However, there is a question. And I know that you three um, could answer this question that I got asked today. How many times has a netminder from the opposing team won man of the match at the arena? I think it's the easy it's the easy one. When we're deciding who wins it, sometimes it's the easy one. I thought he played well first period. I thought he could have been out of sight yeah. tonight. 
Like, yeah, he's, he's a really good goal and we've seen that the two games we've played up there in Dundee but it's not just against us it's it's against every side and I don't you know believe what? Alex. He's actually going to come up with the answer. Yeah. Oh, he'll have the answer. He's, got he'll the, have he's, the he's answer. flicking through. He's flicking through. Hey, while we're talking about man of the matches, I worry a little bit about Valoran, De Luca, and Everly. I think they spend far too much time planning their uh, eddies. That was a great eddie tonight. It was, and it it's it's good to see players all chip in with each other. It shows there's a lot of good camaraderie in the in the dressing room and. Maybe it was something we lacked last year and it's something that we've already seen is completely different with this group of players. Valoran's agent's in town as well. He's been uh, plodding around. You took him to Manchester, didn't you, and he was here again tonight? I did, yeah. He's, he's a lovely fellow, Michael. He's, and he's got so many stories, hockey stories, life stories that, that he shared. And he's, he's kind of typical of the person Valley is himself. They're very similar, very uh, chilled relaxed people so Jonathan's smiling he knows the answer go on Jonathan I've been looking through my book uh, six of the nine games we've played in League and Cup there you visiting go, Netminder and given Nottingham have played here twice the only visiting Netminders not to get man of the match here Bounds and Phillips there you go from, there you go. Uh, from Cardiff and Coventry what's your next uh, subject matter that the phone there you go Dom anything we can do to help Perfect. not a big deal <laughs> well I think it's kind of sticking with it it's looking at obviously with had the additions of Kuka and Tronchinski now. We're, we're awaiting the arrivals back of Lewing and Johnson, who were big parts at the first position of the season. I think, I think the first thing to do, and you're a maths teacher, so we started with a spare, because if you like the two goalie situation, mm -hmm. we started with a spare, so we're carrying a spare. We get rid of Saint-Pierre and we bring in Sandstrom, so that's not like a, a spare spare. But the two defencemen that have come in are gonna give Aaron Fox a blooming great headache in a couple of weeks' time. Because right now, Trzinski and Kuka make our top six, surely. I would say so, yeah, certainly Trzinski does, because of the ability to play all three phases, even strength, power play and penalty kill. Kuka's not going to be a, a power play guy, but well, we don't need any extra power play options really because we, we seem quite strong in that area at the moment. Um, yeah, the team can't keep carrying 17 imports. You, you can keep 15 if you know the import netminder's going to sit. But, but I, don't think he's like... gonna keep, I don't think he's going to keep Duba on his own as an import goalie because no. of the age and the, the experience. Duba's it's obviously our number one. It's well, too it's... much of a yeah. risk for the Steelers not to carry Cantor and you know Cantor's not had a great start to the season but uh, if he has a you know if Duba picks up an injury on a Friday afternoon don't really want to go into a weekend with Will Curling because no, he's you, too inexperienced uh, he, at this stage he's keeping Cantor or he's bringing another guy we're yeah. having two import goalies I, I, I think yeah. that's a pretty fair one but he, he's going to have to make a couple of moves and it'll be very interesting we're going to be joined by Tanner Eberle's parents in a minute so Eberle's we're played great. We're not getting great. rid of Tanner Eberle. No, we're we? not getting rid of Tanner Eberle. But uh, Tanner's father, massive mates with Mike Blaisdell. So hopefully get a couple of Blaisdell stories out of him. He's supposed to be a character. You've met him. You drove him home, didn't you? From yeah, Manchester. I drove I drove his parents home last night. And Good people? Yeah, again, it speaks volumes of the kind of person Tanner is. He's, he obviously gets gets his mannerisms from his parents. And they're, they're lovely people. It's... It made for a very enjoyable trip home. Well, you can give us the, uh, this is them here. They'll, they'll come on in in a second and join us on this uh, podcast. Hold on a second, folks. Mr. and Mrs. Evelyn, David Sims, how are you? Nice how are to you? Meet Pleased you. to meet you. Yes. Your boy is a mommy's boy. He plays better <laughs> when you're here. Um, I don't know, we have been through your bag and your passport has been removed. <laughs> you now have to stay until the uh, end of the year. I, I wish, I wish you, I could do that. You can do that, honestly. <laughs> Listen, nothing worse going back. Have you had a good trip? Yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah, yeah and good yeah, to see your yeah, boy play. Yeah. Did you it's come last awesome. year? Yeah, we came you twice came, last year. Yeah, 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 we gave you your passport back quick last year. <laughs> this year, this year. This year. It's great when you see your son score as well. Yeah. That must be a great moment. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. No, he's yeah. He's he's really liking it here, and so it's just so nice to see him, uh, you know, playing well yeah. and and loves the team and yeah. What did you make of the? Uh, I'm coming to you in a second, Dad. Don't worry. Um, what did you make of the the end the end when the boys do their little the, thing? Well, it's the great. fishing. The what fishing? was that with Val around? I yeah. think that was his game. Yeah. Um, and now this one, the hunting. I'm going. Oh my god! I can't wait to get home and show my dad both of them because yeah. my dad's a big uh, angler and a hunter. So I, I can't wait to show him the videos. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing better, surely, for a father to see his son play, you know, professionally, and then and to, and to be like hero worshipped here, like he is. He's, he's so well thought of. Yeah. No, he's playing very well, and. Uh, 
you know, he's having fun. That's uh, the best part of it, right? We we just want to see him have fun yeah. and enjoy what he's doing, and that's what he's doing. So, now I understand. Very happy. A, I understand a good mate of yours used to be a uh, very very big figure here, Mike Blaisdell. Yes, yes. Um, good friend of mine as yeah. well. And I'm gonna make sure I tell him. You that make sure you, you do that. We know Mike now very I, well. I got a lot of stories on Blaisdell. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, you've got a couple as well. He's created a lot on his own since, <laughs> exactly. since he left here. He doesn't need any help, does he? So how, how's the connection with Mike? What's that connection? Um, just got to know him through uh, his son playing hockey with yeah. uh, he was born here. nephew, right? Uh, yeah, yes. Harry was born here. Yes, yes. yes. I'll, I'll tell you a good story about how he was born in a minute. Okay. It's a good story. So um, we got to know him that way through uh, my nephew, and then... Um, you know, he does some um, shooting with Tanner. Tanner yeah. takes some shooting with him out in the off season. So uh, that we became uh, good yeah, friends yeah, and really good good, good friends, people, yeah. right? And good another people. guy that played here too that's very good friends is Brent Bobbick. Brent Bobbick. Yeah. Very good very friends. Good, yeah. Yeah. Bob, 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 goes Bob, 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 yeah, along. Yeah, that's what yeah, he was. Yeah. 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 yeah, and he actually spends time with Tanner on the ice uh, with his skating. skating. So he has Mike and, and Brent. That's who he spends his summers with. I wouldn't let my son spend too much time with those two guys. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. So we're playing Belfast in a very important game. Yes. And Natasha is 11 and a half months pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. She is the size of a boat. <laughs> and, of course, when you're going to Belfast and you, you're overdue, normally the player will stay at home. But yeah. it was a big game. And we were really worried about what was going to happen with Mike. And uh, we were saying, Mike, are you going to come? You're not going to come. Mike wanted to come, but you know Natasha. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know Natasha, yeah. Mike's going to do what Natasha tells Mike Mike's going to do. And uh, Mike phones up and he's all like, you know, when he tells a story and he starts giggling, oh, he, he goes, I'll see you in Belfast. I says, well, are you coming then? He says, yeah. And what Mike did, he put, instead of we flew, he put Natasha in the car with him, drove, drove. drove up to the, oh, uh, my God. he drove up to Liverpool, he got the ferry across and poor old Tash went across and she, he goes, hey, as long as we're together when she has it, she can have it wherever. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. and then yeah. when, when they left, I think they had a Labrador, didn't they? And they called it Sheffield. That was oh, the, oh, the yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they got that dog. Yes, Sheffield. Yes, Sheffield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sheffield. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, the hunting dog. That's right, he did. He did. When do you go home then? Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. And home for you is that Regina? Yeah, Regina as well. Yeah, good, good. So, yeah, no, we had a great great little tour. We were up in Scotland and came around, and it was good. We had a lot of fun. And you've been. And you've seen some success as well, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. Seen some it's great, great uh, hockey. The boys are playing, I think. Oh, they're playing yeah. awesome. They're playing yeah. very well. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're all happy. They're all yeah. lucky. They're having fun. So yeah. that's probably... Yeah. Good. That well, nice to meet you. Okay. And, yeah, uh, nice meeting you. And we yeah. listen to your podcast Pass on my best to... Uh, does, Natasha, does Natasha still wear the pigtails well? <laughs> yes. She always used to wear the pigtails very well. Please tell her. No, tell her to go with the pigtails. They were excellent stuff. Right. Good. Nice to meet you. Thanks for the We'll for get the back. Ride. Not a problem. Aye. Good people, good people. Aye. It's a long way to come, but it must be great. Must I, 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 have you got kids, Jonathan? I don't know. I don't have kids either. Like, but so it must be great, though, for a father to fly halfway across the world and see the son play professional and doing something like that. That must be a, that must be a great thing. Yeah, without a doubt it is. And I think the key from listening to his, his parents talk there was just the fact that he's having fun, that he's really enjoying what he's doing at the minute and it's it's showing on the ice and obviously in turn he's then making his parents proud, especially when they come over to see him. Is he a different player this year, Tanner Eberle, or is it the same player just having a bit more luck? Um, I think he's taking his chances better than he did last year because think of the breakaway goals that he scored. Does he take that one around Leclerc last season? I'm not sure he does. I think he gets poked away. Yeah. So I think there's playing with confidence and also earlier in the season he had a different role standing in front of the net on the power play so it's the same player but he's been given slightly different responsibilities and the confidence boost that's come from that um, has resulted in him becoming a more efficient goal scorer I just wait for the burst of goals that we feel is going to come from De Luca because it feels like he's not having those those bounces at the moment and we know what he can do when he gets on a run and at the moment, he's having a sort of DeLuca run from the back end of last season. Let's go back to before the Eberleys uh, joined us. This, this dilemma that Aaron is going to have in a couple of weeks' time when Leving, I think Levy, is it Leving first? No, it's AJ first, I think, will come back. Johnson has to stay in the lineup, doesn't he? I mean, I, I can't see any way Aaron Johnson doesn't stay in the lineup. And then, and we're not going to speculate on names here, I don't think that's the right thing to do. But there's a couple of guys, that, you know, he's going to have a team fighting for position and. 
I guess that's what a coach wants, isn't he? He wants teams playing desperate to fight for a job. Excellent. Yeah, it's exactly what we should want. Nobody should be guaranteed their place on, on any line or any unit because even if you're a Brit, there's well, we've got other young Brits who can take your place. We can go and sign other imports um, if we need to. So that competition for places and competition for, for ice time can only be a good thing if the group is strong and is, is well managed and there's the right atmosphere around the club. Um, you know, you want the players to not resent each other for trying to take the place, but see it as healthy competition. When we sat here, episode one of the podcast, we talked about goaltending. And I think if we'd have all been fair betting men, we'd have gone, Cantor is going to start the majority of the games. The older guy, Duber, is, you know, he's winding his career down. Uh, he'll probably start one in three, one in four. He'll be a great asset because he'll be coaching the young Cantor. But actually, it's completely flipped around. Cantor hasn't had great form, though I do feel he's been a little bit unlucky in the fact that his last two starts have both been in that horrible place in Manchester. But, but Dubra certainly probably over-exceeded, where maybe we're a little a tad... We're waiting for Cantor to come. I think that sums it up perfectly, really. It's I Dubra's, thought so, yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, you look at it in the sense of Dubra's... When he's got in, he's, we've had a good run of games... Uh, and results more importantly which you're not then going to drop a hot goalie in the midst of a 4-5 game winning streak so as Aaron did on Friday you look for the perfect timing to do that we were what would, what, what did we play that was 4 in 6 yeah. wasn't it yeah. on Friday so it was a it was a cup game have we we qualified now haven't we I think technically we might get beaten but I th- it'd be very yeah, hard it, for it us wouldn't require it a, a strange or every result to go against us for us not to finish in the top two. Yeah. But, you know, that home game against Manchester, a win or even a point there, I think, yeah. confirms it. Yeah. So, and you look, so you, I kind of get the impression that we looked at Friday as that opportunity to put Cantor in. We're a hot team in front of him. Maybe it can get him some confidence back and, and he could get the win. And unfortunately, things, things do it's happen. It's a shame, because he's a top fella, isn't he? He's a great, he he's a good character. Well, just looking through his, his career, his goals against at the moment... 4.48, it's never been that high. It's, it just feels like it's too small a sample size. You know, give him a game where he, you know, plays, you know, a home game and, you know, only 20 shots come in, you know, let two by. That goal, goals against is going to drop by half a goal. He, his numbers are just skewed by having only played uh, half a dozen games. Um, the save percentage at 82, that's that's not great. That's got to come up. But the goals against, it stands out as a huge number and I think that's just... Uh, Bit of circumstances really I don't think he's played as bad as those numbers suggest the one change that Aaron did make was St Pierre out Sandstrom in never have two players been more more different um, are we a better team are we a more balanced team with Sandstrom than we were with St Pierre no criticism of Marty but I feel that we we have a little bit more balance now we do and he, uh, I'd compare it a lot to the signing of Kuka as well he helps balance the defensive unit but then on the forward units, with St. Pierre leaving and Lucas coming in, he gave us a bit more tenacity in his skating style. He'd get in people's faces. And we, we saw that in his very first few fixtures, that he'd do that and he'd, he'd look to wind people up, very similar to, to how Connolly plays. But he may have not got in the, the goals column, but he features on the power play. He's, Aaron definitely sees there's a role for him to utilise and he's been... He's been doing a good job of that. I remember when I used to do play-by-play, play, you, you notice players a lot more because you're focused on them when we're doing our jobs. You kind of lose it for 10 minutes. But your thoughts on Sandstrom? Yeah, he, he's not had many real sort of goal-scoring chances so far, but there's the beginning of a nice little partnership with Eric Melland. Uh, they had a couple of good link-ups tonight where um, Melland got in good positions and Sandstrom was looking for him. Because they've been together as a partnership for a few games now, um, sometimes it's Shudra filling in on that line, sometimes it's another forward um, double shifting. But I think if you can build a consistent fourth line, Mellon's shown that he can be a goal scorer. And I think Sandstrom can provide them. I don't think he's going to produce goals at a great rate. But Saint Pierre was never going to be a fourth liner. Mm. That's, that's not really the sort of player he was going to be. So, in terms of balancing the roster out, yeah, you just feel like other first and second liners have won their spot ahead of Saint Pierre. The other person, tell me, has he had a good f- first 10, 12 weeks? Aaron Fox. I'd say so. I've been very impressed with how he's handled the first part of the season. That when things weren't going our way, he didn't shy away from it and 
he was happy to make a change, probably a change that when we announced St. Pierre in the summer, that nobody would have put any money on him being a name to leave leave the club. But sometimes things just don't work out for one reason or another. And Aaron was happy to do it and he's now got in a replacement. I think we'd be questioning it in a in a different light if maybe he didn't get a replacement in and he was looking to roll with the players he already had. But for me it's it's been a good a good start, yeah. Aaron Fox, are you buying or selling his stock? Top of the Elite League, top goal scorers, top of the Challenge Cup group. What more do you want? Exactly. Yeah. What more like, do you I, want? I like the fact that he's his own man. And the, the point you've just made is a fine one. That when the call came in, hey, I'm bringing this guy Sandstrom in and I'm changing him for Martin St-Pierre. I think it was maybe all in our back of our minds that Martin wasn't playing well, but... He had made that decision, and I like a bloke who makes a decision and stands by it. And I, and I think that was a, he was the right decision to make. But B, I like a guy who makes it, makes it early, doesn't need prompting to make it. There is a knock-on effect of losing Saint-Pierre. He's was so strong on the face-offs. Yeah. At the moment, John Armstrong is the only player the Steelers have got <laughs> in league play who's over 50% on face-offs. He was uh, the only one tonight who was over 50%. And if you look... Um, so yeah, he's plus thirty nine on the season. Uh, you've got Jonathan Phillips's minus twenty, Davis's in the minus twenties, Mellon's about minus ten, Connolly's in the minuses. We're losing more face-offs than we're winning, apart from Armstrong, who's dominant. And I wonder if, as the season goes on, you've got to go down to Cardiff, and you're getting trapped in your own zone, and you need to win a face-off. Have we got that player who can do it? Mm. Well, before we always had two. I think we're down to one now. Face-offs might be something we look back on as this season goes on, as an area where we're not as strong as maybe other teams are. I watched that uh, Facebook Live um, interview that Chris Ellis from BBC Radio Nottingham (coughs) um, did. Um, I love Chris. Not so much the Nottingham, love Chris. Um, With Neil Black, did you see? Did you you see it? Um, And they talked about the different direction. They went with Gidja Set and then with Tim Wallace and... uh, I just look that both those clubs, Sheffield and Nottingham, had big decisions to make in the summer. And I'm so glad we went down the route we went around. We went around a guy who was first and foremost going to be a good recruiter, who was competent, confident and competent in building a team and putting that structure together, and somebody who got experience um, in, in, in doing that. And uh, when, I, when I look at where the two clubs are right now, I certainly think you, we're in a better position, and I, I, I like our if you like, system and head of command better than... And, and Doucette and Tim Wallace are first-class guys, but inexperienced. We brought about a guy in who had some experience, and I think that has shown in these first three months. If I was bringing Doucette, I'd put him on the wing. I wouldn't put him in yeah, a suit. Yeah, the two best players are in suits, aren't they, right now? Yeah, I, I love Doucette more than, more than most because I commentated on most of his 50 goals for Hull that season. Um, and I think he, he may well go on to become a very strong uh, director of hockey, or I'm not sure what his official title is down there. Um, but, yeah, I think the Steelers needed to they needed a win-now season. We couldn't afford to have someone in a role that was, was building contacts and, and generating things. I think the interesting thing over there is the chain of command, in that if Nottingham wanted to make a coaching change... It's not Neil Black's decision, it's Guy Doucette's decision. Trust me, it's Neil Black's decision. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what He I'm... might be telling Guy where it's going to happen, but it's yeah. Neil Black's decision. But that's the sort of the NFL model where the general manager hires the head coach and the general manager generally gets a few years Neil Black, and a Neil few Neil Black hasn't coaches. got a reputation for firing coaches. I mean, he's no. had some pretty terrible coaches and he hasn't fired them and he's kept mm. them and he's had situations where perhaps everybody thought he should. So he's actually a very loyal boss. So I think Tim Wallace is as safe as houses. I don't yeah. think there's a I don't think there's a an issue there at all. Yeah, because it then comes down to if Doucette wants to sack the coach, well hang on, how come you keep appointing bad head coaches? I'm gonna sack you. So it forces a little bit of loyalty between Doucette and Wallace. But also, we're two months into the season, give them a chance. Yeah. You know, there's plenty of time to turn it around. You know, they they won on the road last week, they're probably gonna go through in the challenge cup yeah. group. You know, they get a couple more wins and uh, everything suddenly looks a little bit prettier. It's it's still early days. My best mate, Paul Thompson, remember him? He's got a brother, Mark, and Mark has got a saying, and Mark Thompson always says, you don't take a guy off the track and make him the managing director. He has to go through a process. And sometimes, you know, these, these are high-pressure jobs, coaching, 
general managing. And 99% of the people listening to this and in our audience have not the first clue of how high pressured they are. And the, the, the minuscule details that all the coaches and the general managers go through. It's easy on Facebook, it's easy on a forum, it's easy on Twitter. Um, and all of them, but ex you can't buy experience. And you know what, the Panthers are a big club and they went with two inexperienced guys. And, and I think if, if they'd have gone with a real, a guy who'd done the general manager's job before in a young coach or a young general manager and an experienced coach, but I think the combination might be because everybody's trying to find their own place, aren't they, at the moment? Well, I think the one thing the Steelers did is they, rather than sort of going for an experience route, as well as getting Fox, I know he's brought uh, Carter in as well, but it's one figurehead for the club rather than a couple of people you know, in terms of, of Nottingham, when you're looking at the results, thinking, well, do I have to look at Doucette or do I have to look at Wallace? We all know where the book stops with the Steelers and it starts with Aaron Fox. He's just walked in here and gone, call me. <laughs> Has he been listening? Um, your thoughts on that? Well, he's, uh, I think being behind the scenes 24-7 and seeing how Aaron and Carter run the show, I mean, all you have to do is go to an away game and you stood outside the locker room after the game and Aaron will come out after his talk and he'll just be like, if you need me, I'm on the bus. And him and Carter will both leave. They'll go and sit on the bus. They've got the laptops up and they're already cutting footage from that game. And probably every coach in the league does it. But I thought that was one of the most interesting things. Nottingham are really proud. They've got a video uh, analysis system now which gives them the footage the coaches can look at the following day. Well, we can look at ours right away. We can cut at something in the first period and look at it during the intermission. We've got... And I have think, been for three years. Yeah, We've got I, the best I, video coach in the league yeah. by a country mark. So I think they were overselling something that isn't as, as advanced as other teams in the league are offering. So uh, I think that's an area where the Steelers are ahead of other teams. And I think we see the best. I think, I think in lots of areas. I mean, you see how the arena has developed here with the dressing rooms. We talked about that in episode one, but we talk about Danny, we talk about Carter, we talk about... Um, God, my God, I'm the best video coach in the league whose name I can't remember. Andy Thorpe. Um, sorry, Andy. <laughs> Free plug. Um, so I think, you know, off the ice, Tony has built a, a group of people and you go down to the physios and the doctors, they're the best in the business. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I just think two inexperienced guys, and I like them both in Nottingham, which hurts me to say, because I wish I didn't like them, but, they, uh, but they're, they're two good people, and you wish them well in a sense, because they're learning their trade, but this is a, this is a, tough, this is a tough trade to learn. Okay, next, uh, did you did any of the fans, because I know you, were, you yeah, tweeted there out, few, there was a, yeah, few, a few questions, questions they want answered. we had come in. Um, one of them here was... Play more um, Sweet Caroline. No? <laughs> not no, not no. quite. Not the reaction quite. on Wednesday night when Cotton Eye Joe played for the first time in three seasons. I got four tweets saying, well done for playing it. That was a murmur that I've, I've not heard in a long time. <laughs> People going, am I, are my ears really deceiving me? Or is that, uh, is that Rednecks again? We found, uh, I think it was uh, Naomi, she, she found the old cart machine. She going, oh, look at these. And click, 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 and we were away. And neither Alex or Douse were there to sorry. stop us. No. Yeah, we were just went on our own. Right, what are the fans saying? Um, so one of the questions here was, uh, what do you think has been the changing influence um, that has changed the Steelers' fortunes? We have a first line. Something we, we've said right off the bat we've needed. For three... Uh, Fretter and Wise last year, we didn't have a first line. In fact, half of the year before, we didn't have a first line. And we got away with it for the playoff win. But we've got a first line now. We've got, we've got some goals. And even last year... As bad as we were at times, if we could have scored, we just couldn't score. And you can say what you like about Jack. Jackson Whistle wasn't our first problem, second problem, third problem, or fourth problem last year. The problem he, he was, was the he poor. Wasn't a problem. He wasn't a problem at all. The problem was the poor swine. If he conceded three, we'd lose. That, so now we've got a first line. That is the biggest thing that Aaron has got going for him right yeah, now. Yeah, league games only, because that's the way the Elite League splits the stats. Uh, it, you look at the top six, and five of them are Steelers. And even if you account for it on a points per game basis, the top five of the top six are still Steelers. So and the two years before that, we weren't in the top 20. We were scrolling down the page trying to find us, weren't we? No, and those players are split across two lines and also include a defenceman. So it's not like we've got one dominant line. You think back to the sort of the 14-15 season when it's all um, Freta, Forney and War, and you know, you'll get a bit on the second line with Mosienko and Dowd. But now we've got two solid lines and a third solid line which includes Everly who's now the leading goal scorer so you're getting goals you're getting goals from all three units and a fourth line that 
you're more than happy to throw out in any situation. And it was something I was talking to Jonathan about before tonight's game. We were saying that whenever a certain line goes out, last season you were thinking, where are the goals going to come from? Now when the lines go out, you're thinking, right, we can score on this shift. We look like scoring on this shift. And we're, we're creating chances and we didn't create anywhere near as enough chances last season. Um, but every game, week in, week out this season so far, we have, correct me if I'm wrong, outshot most teams. Next question, Paul, uh, Jonathan answers that. Yeah, I mean, I think we've outshot every team uh, here in home games so far this season. What we really wanted this season, obviously we're desperate to, to win the league, win a trophy after a couple of trophyless seasons, but what we, as a bare minimum, we had to be competitive. And at the very least, it looks as though this team will give us a title run. Yeah. Whether it will be enough, we don't know. It's October. But it looks as though we're going to be in the if mix we can of things. Beat, we can sell it, can't we? We're, we're, you know, we're, the fans will buy if we're competing. And that's the most important thing. Shoot, next question. Um, this one's from Craig. This is relevant to tonight's game. Um, thoughts about VAR review when requested team loses the timeout if a review doesn't go for them? So, so I don't know how the rules work here. Well, that's, that's the NHL. Yeah, it's in the NHL. You can request uh, you can request a penalty, or you can request a review, but it'll cost you a two minute delay a game penalty. I think that's a little bit harsh. I think a timeout should be the first thing. If you want to request another one, then you can use that. Um, I I I got to be honest. All these reviews, football, hockey, the amount of time it takes. I mean, there was I was watching a match of the day this morning. They were kicking off, and they 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 blew one goal off, and tonight. You know it's going to go for a review right off the bat. As soon as he scores, it's going to be a review. The four of them have to have a 15-minute discussion. What they're going to discuss, you know, and then they have to go and explain it to the official. And it must have taken two minutes. I bet if we'd set the clock, two minutes before they went over to the video to have a look at it. No excuse for that. You've got linesmen. If you're unsure, we're going for a review. They told the timekeepers, because on my headset to them, I heard them tell the timekeepers, Probably two minutes after the goal had been in scored. You know, the linesmen going, the linesmen do nothing else. Go to the linesmen and tell them to tell the coaches what's going on. And then get your ass over to the TV screen as soon as possible. And it's there. Steve's got it ready. It's ready to go. The, the amount of time they're taking is inexcusable. Football and hockey. Yeah, we've had a couple of really lengthy delays. There was one for uh, did the puck cross the line before the net moved a couple of weeks ago. And we could see on our replays, oh, that's not going to be a goal. But the replays that we have through Steelers TV Live aren't the ones that the officials look at. And I think tonight, if they've just got the one high-up camera that's really designed for does the puck cross the goal line, you can't judge whether the, a shot's gone in with a high stick or off a glove from that camera. So I think they knew... I'd say knew, that's the wrong word. I think they probably felt that it was put in with a glove or with a high stick but they couldn't prove it from the angles they had. Yeah, that was something that I heard mentioned and after the game. That the officials was... are then in an awkward position yeah. whereby they have to award the goal because they can only go off what they can see. And when the referee came across, he went, inconclusive. That was exactly. the first word he went, inconclusive, yeah. goal well, stands. It, it would be from that camera angle yeah. because it's filmed up high looking the... down for goal line decisions. That needed to be viewed from ice level. We've got a camera in the corner down by entrance B looking at ice level and... Does it come off glove? Does it come off stick? We can't be sure. But either of them, it feels like a reason to disallow it. Yeah, um, the, uh, the IDIC guys, I think, want us to worry up because they're, <laughs> they're on overtime. Um, any other questions that we, we're going to get through? Are we, are we, uh, we're, as far we're, as fan questions, I think mm. we've answered most of them. Well, there, was, there was one about Petr Cech, wasn't there? If, yeah, uh, that was something that we were going to try and finish For Guildford Phoenix, uh, you know, should we, uh, should we sign a footballer? No. We were thinking about just getting a Didier Drogba for the front was, of the net. It was the Sheffield United goalie for years he, under Neil Warnock, quite a character. Paddy, he, Kenny. Paddy, Paddy Kenny. Kenny used to come here quite a lot to watch games with yeah. Neil Warnock. Yeah, he was quite a character. Get Paddy Kenny in the goal. Yeah, I was thinking just a, a big power forward to be, uh, you know, in the Didier Drogba or Adibayo Akin Fenwa mode. Just, you know, try and shift them on the, when you're screening on the power play. I reckon if I could have a football, I'd have Gascoigne because his big ass would be just like the Lucas, wouldn't it? And he'd be able to hold everybody up. And hey, we're talking about footballers, the Longstaff boys. Oh, hey, how good is that as a story right I now? I didn't realise there was a second one uh, in the pipeline in the academy. I, went, I, was aware I went on Rob Wilson's stag last summer and uh, Sean and Matty were there with their dad and um, drinking orange juice. And um, 
David says to me, he says, ask Matty who's the best one. Because like Sean had just made his debut and people were coming up to Sean. I went, Matty, who's the best one? I said, you're better than your brother. And Matty just looks at me and Sean's looking at him. He goes, ah, you know, nothing. Sean looks away and he goes, easily I'm the best one <laughs> straight away. And I think actually Newcastle United have always had him really high rank. So it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it's great news. It's not only for them too, but for the family. As a whole, David's pension. Yeah, <laughs> David's pension. Yeah. The amount of coverage it's been getting is phenomenal, and it's great credit to them as well. He's obviously gone the opposite way to the dad and thought mm-hmm. football was the way forward, and they they're running with it. They now. wanted to play hockey, and his dad said, "Not a chance, not a chance." Are we are we done? Are we want to finish? No, one more thing. Go go, Jonathan. Uh, Robert Dowd now fourth place oh, all time. Got to uh, he's got Jeff Legui ahead. If he keeps up his regular scoring rate. Okay as he has throughout his time with the Steelers. Probably the back end of next season, he might be getting close to Ligui. And 25-26 season, he should be getting close to uh, Ron Shudra. Right, here's so. the thing, right? Okay, so Shudra and Nemeth lead the way. Outstanding, and they're two Steeler heroes. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. They had two or three years in, like, EPL, mm-hmm. ED1, like ED1, mm-hmm. ED, you know, it was points for a couple of hundred points. When we look at who the greatest scorers in the Sheffield Steelers history are, do we actually say it is Shudra and Nemeth? Or do we actually say, you know, in all fairness, you have to say that Leggy at the moment, he's probably the one. And with all, and nobody loves Shudra more than me. But with all due respect, Leggy's, Leggy's numbers will stand the test of time perhaps more. Uh, Shudra did it from defence, don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, another tick in his favour. But also Shudra did play across leagues and across yeah. eras. He was still playing in the earlier league league days for us, so... Yeah, he went through the super. League. He went through the super league shoots, did as well. Yeah, so obviously the numbers you know decreased, but he was still still. Part so of I'm an all. idiot. Shut me up there. Yeah, okay. No, no, but no. I just, but yeah, I just so, they, they so, scored yeah. so many points. Yeah, so, so, I mean, the first couple of years in ED one, they were. I mean, like. Shooter seven plus five, Nemeth nine plus four. You know, they, you can see that in the in the games played as well, can't you? There's a big difference between the amount Dad he's played and his point total. Yeah. So, but it's a, it's a phenomenal achievement, and it's it's good that he's been able to celebrate it at home as yeah. well. I think when Leggy scored his goal, um, that took him to fourth, that that was that was here. Right. So oh, obviously God. that adds best goal score you've ever seen in Schiffer. Leggy, best goal score. Yeah, I'd probably say Ligui or Wah, I think. Yeah, Wah, for me, was... Mm, yeah, was I forgot was he. Beraldo. I thought Beraldo was just a natural, natural goal scorer and, uh, of, of the highest order. But, like Dowd, Ligui was a man for the big moment and the big occasion. Like the theatre, didn't he? Yeah, he did, and, you know, there's a, there's a Ligui goal on the... The intro, we the video we played before the intro, um, scoring that goal in, the, in overtime against Belfast, oh, nice. and... Do you remember the Doug Christensen walk after that when he marched across the ice yeah. being Doug, yeah. And it was onside, Doug. Calm down. It's calm down. I was doing live commentary with Sky yeah. that night. Yeah. And yeah. God, yeah. I tell you, I, it was offside, it was offside, it was offside. Then it comes into my ear. No, it was onside. And God knows that that was onside. But, he, but it was. Okay. Are we, uh, are we done? A slightly different kind of podcast. Back to normal or we'll have a similar discussion uh, uh, next week against the Coventry Blaze. From Alex, from Jonathan and myself. Um, well, you've been very welcome. And deserving of our time. Take care.